Hello there and welcome to another episode of Mark My Words. Um, so today we're joined by Gillian from Finance for Enterprise. Hello Gillian. Hello, how are you? I'm good, thank you. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, so could you tell us first about who you are and what you do, please? Right, well I originally, my career started with Barclays Bank um, a long time ago and I won't mention how long. And I, while I was at Barclays, um, I did a customer facing role and that evolved into working with small businesses from there. Um, so I worked at Barclays, they trained me a lot in small businesses, sent me on a lot of courses. Um, and so in 2009, I took a redundancy package and I worked for a company called Urban Biz that were based in Doncaster. We were lucky at that time in Doncaster, there was a success Doncaster program and Urban Biz were part of that. And I was delivering business support, generic business support to the BME community. And then from there, um, the role that I eventually applied for, a company I work for now, Finance for Enterprise, but it was Donback. And the role was finance and funding advisor. And it was to get people finance ready. So I was helping with cash flows. And um, so it was rather than being the generic one, when I moved away from Barclays, I deliberately wanted to do something more generic than just keep down the finance route. But that's where I was going back to, if you like. So it's obviously what, what I do. Um, and so it was helping people with that. And then the roles just evolved from there when Startup Loan Scheme started 10 years ago. But there is still an element of that where you're helping people get finance ready, helping with cash flows and business plans and things like that. So that's sort of my background. So kind of a lot of work with sort of startups and, you know, new businesses. So what do you think are the key challenges facing business startups, especially in these turbulent it, times? Yeah. <laughs> Massively, the uncertainty with the economy. Um, but people are brave and people, you know, You've got to have a lot of resilience, really, and an a self-belief in yourself in what you're going to do. Um, some people are, some people aren't. Um, I worked with a lady in the summer who was going to set up doing cakes, and she then changed her mind because of the uncertainty. And you can see that when, I mean, another problem sometimes is locating premises. But if you do locate them premises, then an issue is you've got to generate enough to cover if it's a type of business that does need premises, A, you've got to locate them. And sometimes that can be quite difficult, locating suitable premises. Um, but then when you have, you've got to think long and hard about taking premises on because that is an overhead for you month in, month out. Mm. Um, and then the next sort of difficulties at minute, really, and these are at any time, no matter what state the economy is in, is cash flow and funding um, and getting that, the cash flow, there um i still see applications sometimes where people think oh i'll spend every penny or what i borrow i don't want to see that i actually want to see that you're leaving a little bit mm -hmm. um borrow a bit more and um so that you've got some some cash flow for that that rainy day for if something's around corner so i'd say they're they're the three things i mean at the moment it's just unprecedented times i've never 10 years i've done this i've never seen anything like it um but people are still being brave and people now, there are still areas where which people are very positive to go into, which is like haulage and oh. um, career deliveries. Still see lots of applications for those. Um, people are, you know, quite confident, it seems, in those sort of areas. But some other areas, um, not seen many hospitality businesses for the last 
couple of months and you can understand that and get that nobody knows what's after christmas in particular i think what's what's going to happen i guess people would tend to start a business that they're passionate about or got an interest mm -hmm. in or um so yeah it's important you kind of do your homework isn't it and yeah. test the market and, and really understand those numbers rather than just dive straight in as it were and make sure there's a market there okay so what sort of key bits of advice or tips would you give to new business owners that, that want to be successful i think like i just said about resilience you've got to have a bit of a thick skin um and also it's quite lonely sometimes so you've got to be quite self-motivating um, you've got to be really determined um and you've got to have ability to change direction um, but not too quick. You have got to give something a chance, but then you've got to recognise pretty quickly this isn't in working. Um, and a phrase that sort of st I've started hearing in the last year really is, I've pivoted my business <laughs> and I've changed direction. It's kind of a new phrase. I've not heard it until about 12 months ago. Um, and I think they're the key things that, because it is, you know, if you can start your business working from home, it's great because you will keep your costs down and you'll test it and you'll test your numbers. Um, then sometimes just sat at home on your own, you know, it can be quite, quite lonely. Um, and you've also got to find your own motivation then. Um, so you have got to be very passionate about it. And sometimes it means you don't have people to bounce ideas off of as well. So you've, you've got to think about all these sort of challenges Um um, you know offsetting the other and I'm a better hire in an, a little office space somewhere because then I could just wander down corridor and ask somebody's advice or I'm about saving money and just working yeah. for so thank you all those points sound very fam familiar to me as well <laughs> yeah. and I think for me that's why it's important to have a bit of a um, a bit of a plan about where you're going to mm. importance of having mentors and coaches to speak to and also that's why I quite like networking and a member the um, chamber of commerce locally because again surrounding yourself with other yeah. business owners to get out yeah. otherwise it can be isolating especially yeah. if it's if it's you or, or one or two other people yeah thank you um so i guess over your vast career you must have worked <laughs> with literally hundreds of uh, business startups i'm not being rude here <laughs> i am <laughs> So, is there any particular that stand out for for any reason, or uh, that might be particularly unusual that just you know that that you just sort of remember? Well, I don't know if it's because of the timing of it. It was the first business I worked with when we went into lockdown, and suddenly the whole world had tipped on its head. Because for me, prior to that, I used to go and meet every single applicant. Right, I physically couldn't do that now because I look after all the applications that we get um but it changed the way i worked and suddenly i had to work people by doing a phone call um and the first one was a business that is out at sheffield and it's called the steel cauldron and it's a wizardry cafe um and i'd never come across anything like it before they'd really done the homework and research and they knew where the others were in the uk and things like that and there's certain bits they use that are linked to harry potter and they've had to have special permission and things like that and get um trademark things and stuff um but it was really lovely when we came out of be, be about two years ago as we came out of lockdown 
um, we were just about going into the November one. Well, in the October, I actually went and visited the place. And obviously, Halloween, wizardry, <laughs> it was absolutely brilliant. And um, the, we did a, a feature about it, and it's on, on our website. And I was there, I was just talking, it was a couple, and I was talking to the woman. And what was lovely was she said, her husband had never met somebody who was um, like in financial position, who was so interested in his business. Um, he said he'd never, they've had other businesses before and he'd never met somebody who took so much interest. Now, I do think part of that was because the way I was having to work was changing. Um, so I probably was asking a lot of questions, but um, that one sticks out, as I say, partly because of the timing of it, I had to learn to work differently. And partly just because they had a very strong vision of how they wanted this place to be because they were telling me it was all going to be reclaimed furniture. And I'm thinking, what's it going to look like? Because they couldn't give me quotes for things. When I went, it looked amazing. It were all these old sideboards that you'd see that your granny had and things like that. Just pulled together absolutely brilliant. And it was, it was amazing. It, it really, really was. And they'd put, um, it had got some rooms you can even stay upstairs. So it was really, really good how they pulled it all together and done an awful lot of work on it. And that sort of is, you know, a, a, a standout one. But it's, yeah. uh, it is great when you see people, you know, you go afterwards and you see people and it's been successful. Mm -hmm. You know, they've had this dream and um, sometimes they've had to give up, give up things yeah. to, um, to get there. Um, and it, and it, is, it is lovely, but, but no, that would be the one really, the standout one. Um, and I'll say what, what helped was we did um, a PR about it. Um, mm. a few times they videoed as well so although a little bit longer while they were taking and retaking things and I had a good look around and it was nice to just see how they'd set it up and what was interesting was they'd really budgeted because they'd, the money they'd had from me they'd really squeezed every penny out of it if mm. you like got it to where this place needed to be when I looked around I was quite all that and you know they've, they've done well so i'd say yeah budgeting's going back to what we were talking about earlier budgeting's really important knowing your market sounds yeah. like and that market research yeah. yeah and i know i've I've enjoyed reading about other businesses that you work with um on the the linkedin page so i know yeah. um float space in thorn yeah. that the float yeah. tank as a result of that i've been a couple of times it's amazing oh, yeah, really? yeah absolutely definitely well, recommend it i am uh, i must be getting the float space um champion at that because i've also done one in sheffield and one in glasgow <laughs> <laughs> but yeah it was uh, peter was the first one um and peter had issues around the roof on the premises um so it, it took a little bit longer um went to visit him and I've, I've i do keep meaning to go but i'm a bit about the roof over me i think i'd feel a bit claustrophobic but it's just, it's a, it's fantastic what he's done. And again, it's back to the research and, and the market. Yeah. Um, yeah. And he was really passionate about that, about Peter. Um, oh, I definitely recommend it. And you can, yeah. you can open the lid if you want to, so you're in control. But yeah, for the, for those that haven't heard it, it's, it's a bit like, um, I call it a bit like meditation. So you're literally yeah. floating in a, in a bit of, bit of water, I suppose. Um, and it's so relaxing. What Pete, how Peter described it to me, he said, it's like Dead Sea, isn't it? Is it Dead yeah, Sea? Yeah, absolutely, yeah. Yeah, it, it's full of Epsom salts. It's just so you'll you'll float. 
Um, but what amused me about that one was our um, PR guy, uh, Matt, said he spent the first 20 minutes trying to sing. <laughs> defeating the object a little bit. <laughs> he said, I would have to say, you can't, you know, you're going to think you're going to sing. And uh, he started yeah. doing that. But yeah, there has been some really um, interesting and different businesses. Um, there was one's just won an award, actually, the garrison out at Wickersley. Mm -hmm. He, um, and again, really brave because the guy from there, set up two years ago when we were in the lockdown so we were coming out and we were having the eat out to help out and yeah. then suddenly hospitality had it all its carpet pulled from under it again didn't it because we shut in november yeah. which is its time of year um and I, I really felt for him and i said i bet you wish to integrate your loan don't you and he said no never never i'm going to come out of this we're going to and he again pivoted his business and he started doing takeaways and then he's come out since, and it's absolutely amazing. It's a brilliant um, business. And I say, I just saw on LinkedIn or Facebook recently, they went to some award and, and they won it, and uh, it's it's really good. I just wish it were a bit closer because it's a bit expensive in a taxi home from Wickersley because I'd like to go. <laughs> brilliant. Okay, lovely. So thank you for that. I think that's really useful, kind of a bit of advice, a bit of tips, and just hearing about some of those stories as well so i guess the main thing i wanted to ask you about is the is the startup loans that you kind of offer and sort of manage yeah. so can you tell us about what's available how it works um yeah anything that would be useful to people listening to this just give you a quick background to the program it started literally 10 years ago i think this year um and plans for enterprises we were done back then we were one of the original delivery partners of it and what they mean is by delivery partner um you're delivering at grassroots if you like locally um so you know your local area and things like that so they set the scheme up um and the idea is it is to as it says it's to help startups but all your, also early stage and it's anybody trading up to three years can apply so the initial stage, I would say there's like three three parts to it. You register and you do that on your own. It's between you go on your computer, you register. Then if you get through that stage, you passed to a local delivery partner such as ourselves to work with. And then the final stage is when we've worked together and hopefully I've got it agreed and we've got it over the line and you get your off letter and the money and that's dealt with by somebody else. So initial stage, um, I, I always send clients who I speak to a link and that link ensures that they come back to us um, it's via our website. So they click on that and they register. And at that stage, it's just the basic things that you would expect when looking for a loan. So your name, address, telephone number, date of birth, things like that, pretty straightforward things. So you register. Um, there's a couple of stages to it. They do ask you at that stage for your business plan or cash flow. But I always say to people, even if you've got one, don't bother. Just click, I need help with this. Just get to the end of the registration and the application and click submit. Because what that will generate is they will do, startup loans do, a credit reference search on every applicant. Now, if um, you don't have to have a whiter than white credit report or 
credit search. In fact, I was speaking to a guy yesterday. Um, we got on about, he'd already applied. People, before they register, I have a conversation and they say, I've not got very good credit. And I said, well, I, I don't really know. I can't say to you because I literally am kept out of that part. All I know is that if you've got two CCJs that are quite recent and two or three defaults where you've been late paying, say, your Barclay card or something like that or some car finance, then you might be straight away declined. Um, but the, the only thing I can say to people, unless they know that they've got absolutely, you know, they're in an IVA or they've got three or four CCJs and they'll say, don't bother applying. But if they're a bit unsure, I say, all you need, I can't say for certain, you just need to register. Startup loans will do the search and then they'll decide straight away if you, you declined at that point for the credit search and it'll go no further. Um, if you're okay, they then pass you to me to work with. Once you've got through that process and been passed to me, then we work together um, on the rest of what we need. And it's it's like I said, I always need a business plan, cash flow forecast, and a personal survival budget as a minimum, right? Sometimes startups will ask for ID. Sometimes they'll ask for proof of address. That's usually if somebody's moved address recently that they have to ask for proof of address because you might not quite be on the voter's roll um, you current address sometimes they ask for proof of bank as well because when you do register they ask you to put your personal bank details in and they do a check um startup loans then determine if i need anything more and it might be that i need personal bank statements and quotes as well so we, we just take it from there and i work very much on the client's agenda if you like that it's their time scale that said when they get things to me everything to me I try and work on it as quickly as I can, but in the order that things are received. Um, and that that's really it. We we to and fro a lot, me and the client, um, just so that I can get a full understanding of the business, a um, bit of background, what their experience is, if they're working full-time in the business or going to carry on working and things like that, just all, you know, contribute to my assessment because... Then the process is what we're aiming to do is then get to the point where I can write a, a, a recommendation, an assessment of this loan, and it goes to a second assessor in our office. Um, but as I always say, it's not a couple of lines going, yeah, I think this is all right. <laughs> um, I have to cover everything. I have to do a full sort of summary of the business, the applicant, whether the cash flow will take some stress testing. So if income went down and charges went up by what percentage can it tolerate that um if it's an existing business that somebody's buying because you can use the scheme for that um is it profitable are they looking to increase sales by a huge amount in their cash flow and things and if so what's the justification so there's quite a lot of things i have to look at depending on the scenario of the business the questions it throws at me but it's always a minimum of about four or five questions that i have to answer and then I have to do a summary at the end, sort of summarising why I've come to that, that that recommendation. So it's to get me to that point, sometimes it can seem um, a little bit like uh, I'm being a bit nosy, but I'm not. Curious, <laughs> curious, yeah. <laughs>
so so how much can people borrow and and is it, is it right it's against them as an individual yes. is that right yeah it's it's a personal loan for business use um the minimum is a thousand i think i'm not sure if it's 500 or a thousand to be perfectly honest i think it's 500 um generally don't see many below a thousand but you do sometimes um and then the maximum's 25 but it's on a a needs basis i mean i do get an awful lot of applications for twenty-five thousand, and then when i sit down and look at it it's like uh you actually need 10 oh well i thought i'd just put in for 25 and things like that so you know i don't want to saddle people with debt um so it's what they need um but on the other side of it i mean i did have somebody apply last week for 800 um, when I talked it through to her and got to know what her aspirations were, she wants to launch some new products January, February time. So I said to her, you ought to have the cash flow already for those products because with the loan, you can come back for a second loan, but it's only six months after you've drawn the first one. So you'd have to wait six months. There's, there's that side of it. Um, what we can also look at doing, which is very good, we can do what's called tranche the loan, right? So the first loan, if um, somebody is unsure how much working capital they're going to need, so rather than borrow 15, when you think I've got costs of eight, um, I don't know how much working capital really I'm going to need. So it might be we look at doing 10 straight away and then there's, it's already in place that in three after three months, provided they met three monthly repayments, they can draw down another five. And it's just a case of filling a self-declaration form in that I send to them. So the beauty of that is they're only paying for 10. And if after the three months they think, actually, I don't need it, they still only pay for 10. They're not paying for 15 mm -hmm. unnecessarily. So we can look at ways of structuring the loan to do that. Um, and like I said, they can apply for a second loan after six months. But with that, they do have to register again, redo a cash flow, redo a personal survival budget and things like that. There's a little bit more work of an assessment. That, that's not pre-approved, if you like, where the tranche in the loan is. And um, what are the repayments and the interest rates like well, comparable to high street stuff? Yeah, there's no um, there's no fees for a kickoff. So if you went into a bank for, I know this is a personal loan, but it's for business use. So if you went to a bank and asked for a business loan, you'd always have to charge, you'd be charged a lending fee, one, two percent, something like that. Um, might call it arrangement fee, but it's the same thing, really. And then also you, you get charged um, ongoing maintenance fees every year renewal fee and things like that there's none of that and then also if you know you have a payment bounce a bank will charge you for sending your letter to tell you it's unpaid um there's none of that there's no fees whatsoever and the also the good one is there's no early repayment fees so if you are in a good strong position um and you want to pay it back early then um because i don't know if i mentioned when we we're talking about can take the loan between one and five years. So if anybody's taking anything 5K or above, I do tend to say take it over five years. Keep your payments low at the outset. You can always pay extra and you can always pay it back early with no repayment penalties, which is which is good. And the interest rate, all you pay is interest rate of 6%, which again, 
compare, I'm not 100% certain what banks are charging at the moment, but I would imagine it's something in the region of about 18% at least, which mm. is three times that. Mm. And that's if you could get a loan from the bank, a startup loan. Um, some of them do, provided you've got 50% to put into the project. So if you've got a project cost of 20 grand, they'd say they'll look at it, provided you've got 10 to put in. Um, not everybody has or want to. So if you, you know, you can apply to start up loans for your full project cost, there's no deposit that you have to put in. I mean, if you've got something to put in, great. It shows some commitment, which is not necessarily mm. part of it. Okay. So, so and you're based in Doncaster in South Yorkshire. So people listening yeah. to this might be literally all over the country. So, um, you know, how, how might they take advantage or look into this scheme is that do you cover wider is there you know local partners or how would that work you can you can do really this is where covid changed what what we do because like i said i used to go out and meet every single client um and now we don't we tend to do things like this by zoom or by telephone calls so somebody can be anywhere in the country um when we mentioned the float spaces i've just done two for glasgow um so that was all done obviously via telephone um it, it's entirely up to an applicant what they want to do the scheme runs nationwide and there'll be local delivery partners there's also some what we call national partners like virgin startup people like that that deliver nationally so you can work with them. It might be that you would prefer, if needed, the opportunity to meet somebody face-to-face. -face. Um, it might be that you just prefer to work with somebody over telephone. So it, it's really down to applicant and they can either go to a local one or they can just go on our website and register with me. Um, it's whichever whichever is best for them really because that's what all we, we always like to do i mean we yeah we're based in Doncaster and cover sort of south yorkshire down possibly chesterfield um we've also got an office in grimsby so we cover mm -hmm. that side of the humber um but you know it's like i say i've, I've dealt with people um i did car garage recently in buckinghamshire and then following week i'll doing somebody you know looking after somebody in glasgow so you can do all all over country really and the website is finance hyphen for hyphen enterprise.co.uk finance hyphen for hyphen enterprise.co.uk lovely Excellent. i like our hyphens yes yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is there is there anything else you want to tell us either about the scheme or anything else in your sort of startup um supporting role i think i didn't mention as well that as i said you can trade in up to three years which is important so somebody might not need it today but they might need it a year or two down the line when they started mm -hmm. and also hopefully when this economy is starting to grow a little bit you might get some more confidence to feel you want to borrow money um but then for the second loan you can be trading up to five years so you can have had your loan and then top it up. Um, it can be within, as long as you're within your five years of trading. So there's that. Um, about other things, really, we just try and do 
genuinely what is best for the client um, and, and place it um, what is best for them. Um, we do, end of the day, we're not judge and jury. I might get an application in and think, I'm not sure this is going to go. But if everything stacks up and they've done the research, oh, am I to say whether I'm right or wrong? You know, I have got things things wrong. Um, so that's how we, we try and, and look at things, you know, for clients and just put the client at the centre of it. Right. Thank you. Thank you very much. And I always ask my guests if there's anything you'd like to ask me, which I don't know what's coming. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> well, I've <laughs> just always wondered, Mark, what's your background? Because obviously I met you when you were at Chamber. Yeah. Um, and I just wondered, so prior to that, I do think you've run your own business a couple of times, haven't you? Which I think is always useful when you're doing what you're doing mm -hmm. because you've actually worn the T-shirt. Now, I haven't myself, but my husband has. My husband used to be a self-employed tiler. And uh -huh. I think when you've done that, it does give you a little bit more empathy with clients and you really do understand it. But I'll put my hand up. Me, I'm not brave enough me to be self-employed. And I say <laughs> that to people. Um, I, I want to know I'm going to be paid at end of month. And that's, yeah. you know, I'm a bit more of a coward, if you like. And that's how I am. But my husband were um, self-employed tiler for quite, quite a few years. And so... I do, when I'm talking to people, understand about getting cash in on time, yeah. balancing robbing Peter to play Paul sometimes, <laughs> yeah. a lot of what it's like. Um, in fact, I have this conversation with our assessors and I'll say sometimes, whoa, you know, <laughs> your bloke's in soups that's worked for banks. It's a whole different <laughs> startup yeah. and small businesses. Um, and I just wondered what your sort of background was before, before Chamber mm. when... Yeah, that's a really good question, actually. So, yeah, so, so I've been running Make Your Mark for five years, just gone in October. But prior to that, my background was working primarily in the charity sector in, in leadership and management roles. Um, so kind of a lot around part of those roles included budgeting, um, funding, um, getting the money in accounts, that kind of stuff. And yeah. and so I, I, I would say I learned a lot of my commercial brain, as it were, yeah. from, from that. And coinciding with that, I was a member of the Junior Chamber International JCI for nine years. So um, during that time, had lots of workshops from entrepreneurs, business startups, hearing about, you know, networking skills, mm -hmm. writing a business plan, marketing, that kind of stuff. Um, and then worked at Doncaster Chamber for a year doing maternity cover, um, which is kind of gave me the first opportunity to sort of deliver to startups and then yeah. not look back ever since really so so yeah it's kind of um I think having that commercial brain even if it yeah. was in the charity sector that tends so, to be not yeah. for profit um yeah and still lots to learn but really really value that experience and I absolutely love doing the business startup courses where you literally I think the last course had every, everyone from a, a dog groomer to somebody wanting to set up a skate park to a landscape garden yeah. and everything in between yeah. so that kind of different industries but shared challenges shared passion and also shared nervousness yeah. like you say that having that bravery and that that willing to go for it and I think if you've kind of considered all the stuff you've just talked about if you've considered the marketplace done your market research done your cash flow thought about how is it going to work who's your target audience there's only so much you can do and then it yeah. does always feel a bit like 
a leap of faith, really. Just go so, for it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, good question. Thank you. Yeah. Um, yeah, so thank you so much for your time today. Um, I'm, I'm sure that's been reassuring to many people listening, and I'm sure you'll get a few inquiries as, as well. Um, but yeah, thank you for your time. Really appreciate it. No trouble. It's been lovely. Thank you. Thank you.